never forget our first love. I pray for this, this eternal love to enter our hearts, that we may know we've been ransomed, and we are not of ourselves anymore. We are not of our own anymore. We've been ransomed. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here. May we be fed today from your mouth. Amen. How are we all today? We are good. Who's ready for today? <laughs> I'm happy to share my journey with you. Every journey is unique. Every journey is unique in Christ. And I share with you, dare to go to the deep end with Christ. Don't be afraid. It's a beautiful place. Because there Christ is, amen. <coughs> I made a decision, you know, when I get up here to preach, and that decision was only to preach what I walk in. Only to preach what I experience. Because everything that I preach is not words, it's heartfelt, it's lived. And I encourage you today to dare to go into the deep end with Christ. Your flesh will not be comfortable, but your spirit will find your true destiny of what it means to truly walk with God. So this is the last week we learned about the greatest piece of armor being the sandals, the piece. And that begins at the cross. The Holy Spirit showed me that the, the greatest way we can get ready or get prepared to face the devil is by the peace that's been settled at the cross. Isn't it interesting that people are trying to do life without the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding? It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that allows you to fight the devil. Imagine you're fighting him and you have no peace. You can't stand. You'll get burnt out very quickly. So the Holy Spirit spoke to me on the break at Christmas that the greatest piece of the armor is the sandals because peace was settled at the cross. It's the first armor that you put on when you go to battle. And isn't it interesting he spoke that scripture to me that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your foot the sandal and he spoke that to me in that moment meaning you can only go great places 
when you have the peace of Christ. Because in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of troubles, in the midst of challenges, when you have peace, you can conquer anything. It's true. It is so true. When you have peace, it's settled that it's not going to find residence in you. It will only be for a little while. Today is even more powerful. If you truly want to change for Christ, today is probably more powerful. I always thought to myself, the Bible says those who cleanse themselves in the latter day become an instrument for God. I always wondered, how does God work through someone? And that's something that I always thought about as a believer. I wanted God, I wanted God's best. I wanted God's best. Meaning I want God to work through me in the way that is written. And the Holy Spirit showed me. He showed me from this scripture. I spoke to him and I asked him, how do I present this? How to walk in your new nature? Where, where does it begin? And you know what he said to me? He said, you preach from the cross down. I was going to expose all the characteristics of the old nature, all the, all the traits of the old nature. The Holy Spirit said, no, you preach from the cross down. Because it's through the cross that everything gets dismantled. We understand? And that's something that changed my life. So today I'm going to preach about how to walk in your new nature. And you're going to be shocked why so many people are lacking. Or you're going to be shocked why the flesh keeps hanging around. You'll be shocked when you know what you're actually lacking. So prepare your hearts. It's a good topic, amen? People come today, they, they think they're going to hear the biggest revelation. It is, but it's so dear to, to God's heart. I always wanted to know, Lord, what is dear to you, what is sacred to you, make it to me. There's nothing better than <laughs> praying this prayer. What is dear and what is sacred to you, make it for me. Make it known to me. So here you're going to see the pattern from Romans chapter 12. You're going to see the pattern. And isn't it interesting? From the, from the book of Romans chapter 12, he, he deals with the renewal of the mind. Yes? Everyone's on the same track here. I'm going to read the scripture. He deals with the renewal of the mind, character, lifestyle, your path. Then, underneath it, he deals with the gifting. Isn't that interesting? That God takes no shortcuts. Lord, use me. Lord, work through me. I want to be a vessel for you. The Holy Spirit says, okay. Let's start dealing with your character. Let's start de dealing with your thought process. Let's start dealing with the customs of the world that I instituted in you. 
the Holy Spirit shows me in that scripture that the first thing he deals with is your character, is your commitment, your devotion, whether it's for the world, whether it's for Christ. Then underneath that, he starts to impart the gifting. Meaning when you deal with your lifestyle, your devotion, your commitment towards God, then he starts to impart gifts into you. And then underneath that, he tells you what sustains your gifting, what allows you to keep on moving forward. So let's have a look at this. You've changed your life. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Now let's look at it here. This is talking about being dedicated to God. Okay? Let's look at it here. It says, Romans 12, 1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies dedicated, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. Now we stop here. He starts with an amazing point here. The Holy Spirit stopped me. And I thank God that he stopped me. Because here you have a living sacrifice towards God and you have holiness here. You have two major components that forms your new nature. What is it? What is it? It's there. To be a living sacrifice. To be a living sacrifice means you're willing to do anything for the Lord. And then he speaks about holiness. Now the Holy Spirit said to me, you stop. He said, read the top one. He says, here, by the mercies of God. And he stopped me. And he said, if you don't understand the mercies of God, you cannot be a living sacrifice and you cannot produce holiness. Okay, so let's go back a bit. Let's go back a bit. We want to form our new nature. We want to become the image of Christ. We first must understand what mercy truly done for us. Yes? Because if you don't understand mercy, if you don't understand mercy, you will lack being a living sacrifice and you will lack holiness. And isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit regarding our new, our new nature takes me back to the cross because unless you touch mercy that was produced there, your new nature naturally cannot be transformed. So I want to go back to front here. We go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Now let's read this slowly. He says here that you've been made alive in Christ. But look at the major component that stands out here of what actually makes you alive in Christ. What is the fuel that makes you alive in Christ? Now let's, li let's read it here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. It says, And you he made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and sin. Some people still feel like this. And uh, we can diagnose the problem now. 
in which you once walked, you were following the ways of this world, influenced by, the, by this present age, in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient, the unbelieving, who fight against the purposes of God. This is still the body of Christ. Among these unbelievers, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, our behavior, governed by the sinful self. Now, isn't it interesting? In this scripture, he's showing you why the old nature lived. He's showing, this is St. Paul's teaching, he's showing you how the old nature lived, and he's showing you what actually changed you, what changed him. Now look. He said, these unbelievers, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, our behavior, governed by the sinful self, indulging the desires of human nature without the Holy Spirit and the impulses of the sinful mind. And the impulses of the sinful mind. We were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind. But God, being so very rich in mercy, Someone says, I want to change for the Lord. You have to go back to the cross where he changed you. Where mercy was given to you. The greater the mercy, the greater the change. Isn't that interesting? The greater you understand what mercy done when it was nailed at the cross, his name's Jesus, the greater mercy you walk in the greater the old nature is crucified. But God, being so very rich in mercy because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us, what birthed love? The mercy of God. Because mercy says that we deserve the sentence of death. We deserve the sentence to be sentenced to hell. But mercy took him to the cross Love kept him there. And it's interesting why so many people struggle to change is because they haven't understood the depths of mercy of what Jesus truly done for you. And you can get the rule book out and say, I want to fix this part of my life. I need to work on this area of my life. But mercy is the fuel. Mercy is your strength. Because think about it like this. Mercy tells you that I can never give up. Isn't that true? Mercy tells you I can never, I can never be sentenced away from God ever again. Because mercy truly ransomed me. So let me say it like this. The greater you understand mercy, the greater you can walk in your new nature the greater you take the will of God so serious because you were bought at a price. Mercy took him there. And he was sinless. He'd done it for you and I. But God so being very rich in mercy because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us, even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins, he made us spiritually, spiritually alive together with Christ. For by his grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved by God's judgment. Now, isn't it interesting that mercy is the doorway to love 
and love is the doorway to grace. You start to look at it so deeply. Now we're going to look at some other things that will shock you. But let's have a look. Go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Now let's read this here. Inasmuch then as we believers have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith and cling tenuously to our absolute trust in him as Savior. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weakness and temptations, but one who has been tempted knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every aspect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is, the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is your fuel to keep on going. So many people fall into condemnation unworthiness, disconnected from God because they haven't understood the true principle of mercy that keeps you bound to Christ. And here he shows you the doorway to God's favor is because of his mercy for any failures that you go through. When you get a hold of God's mercy, believe me, your failures turn into victory. Your, your failures turn into obedience. Your failures turn into steadfastness, perseverance. You don't compromise with your life anymore. What's the fuel? The mercy of God. That's what actually changes your, your old nature into the new nature, is mercy. Mercy tells you that you're loved. Mercy tells you that he overlooks your failures meaning you can come truly to fellowship with him without feeling a wall between you and him. And isn't that interesting that God wants us to see him like this, the God of mercy? Isn't that interesting that every time Satan wants us to see God, we hide ourselves. The way that, the way that Satan wants us to see through the lens of Satan to go towards God, we hide ourselves from him. We don't share and open everything to him. But he is showing us here the doorway. The doorway that forms your new nature. Or the healthiest and most powerful foundation for someone to truly change their life and to be a living sacrifice and to produce holiness is to understand mercy. It says here that the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence and without fear so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. We go to Titus chapter 3 verse 5. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 
He says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Through the rushing of the regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So you begin to see the doorway, the doorway to forming the true person of Christ inside of me is to receive and understand his mercy that flows into my heart. When I understood this, your new nature naturally begins to change and naturally begins to get transformed. And isn't it interesting that another translation or another, another meaning that leads to mercy is compassion. Jesus was led to his people with compassion. Isn't that interesting that the doorway towards the kingdom of God and to be used by God, the door is mercy. Because you want to show everyone what Christ has done for them. Isn't it interesting that a kingdom mindset to be used by God and to flow in his kingdom and to be a people's person is birthed by mercy. And isn't it interesting that before the, the true component of mercy is formed in us, God cannot entrust us with souls because we will destroy them. And something I want to show you from Romans chapter 12 is that first he deals with being a living sacrifice, the holiness of God, birthed by the mercy of God. Then after that, he starts to impart gifting. He starts to use you. He starts to entrust you with his power and with souls. Doesn't that answer a lot of people's question? How come God hasn't entrusted me yet? How come God hasn't directed me yet into my calling? Maybe it's because he needs to form the true mercy of Christ inside of your life. Because then you'll be doing it for yourself, not for him. And this, this one is for people who are looking to move into their calling. When the Holy Spirit came to me at the beginning of this year, and he told me about the body of Christ, the condition of the body of Christ, that, that they are to undergo spiritual discipline. What do you think he meant by that? Spiritual discipline, or the, the, greatest, the greatest solution to spiritual discipline is to form Christ inside of you. And that is the truth. There's nothing greater than forming Christ inside of you. Because then, whatever comes inside of you, it's handled like Christ. We go to First Peter, chapter two, verse one to five. Now this is interesting. I don't want anyone to throw stones at me. But the answer in this scripture is why people are continuously operating in oh, I've got it written here. They are operating in malice, in deceit, hypocrisy, envy. It's because they lack the mercy of God. Now for someone to continuously operate in their old nature, it's because it hasn't been 
it hasn't been replaced with God's mercy. Because think about it like this. If God gave you mercy for your wrongdoings, if God gives you mercy for your failures, how can you be a hypocrite? Are you awake? If God gives you mercy for your sins, mercy for your continuous failures, how can you be a hypocrite? You won't dare to look at anyone through those eyes because Christ sees you through another lens. Malice means to look at someone to injure them. And I'll give you one example that happened to me in my journey of, of the greatest definition of malice the way that I understand it. I was walking so strong in Christ and people looking at me so I can fall. They wanted to injure me because how strong I was walking in the Lord. And when people fell around me, they rejoiced. That's the definition of malice in the, in the, in the simplest way I can understand, give it to you. Envy. Envy is massive. Envy is probably the greatest amongst them all. We envy everything, a person's journey, a person's house, a person's bank account. We can envy everything. And isn't it interesting that mercy deals with envy? Because mercy tells you at the right time, as you humble yourself, God gives to you. That you start to see why my heart hasn't changed. Why my heart hasn't changed in the image of Christ. And you can be doing all these things, the gossip, the slander, the malice, the deceit, the hypocrisy. It's because you're lacking one major component that is birthed by the cross, the mercy of God. Because when you, when you receive what he done, you will give it to others. And someone says to me, I want to form the new nature of Christ in me. This is the doorway. This is the key. We are destitute of the mercy of God. Destitute. We're lacking the mercy of God. And isn't it interesting that the mercy is the pathway and the doorway to the kingdom where the power of God is? Are we listening? But a sad reality is that all these things are living because you haven't went to the cross and to get healed of what the cross really done for you. So look what it says here. This scripture is for newborn babes. They just got saved. So someone will say here, I just got saved. I'm not going to read Book of Revelation. I'm not going to find out when Jesus is coming. I better prepare my heart for him. <laughs> Look what it says here. This is the moment that you've touched the cross, you've re received salvation, the first area God wants you to focus on. And it's the last area pride will go. <clears throat> so there are different levels. I'm not going to go there today. The Holy Spirit showed me the different natures in the 
as a newborn babe, the different natures when you enter a church, what Paul talks about, different characteristics in a church, and the different characteristics of how to carry the power of God. He showed me the three layers, and it was powerful, and I never saw it like that, and I said, wow. And God's lifting up the level so we can move towards that. So look what it says here. So put aside every trace of malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander and hateful speech. If everyone worked on this area, we would get along and the power of God would truly come and navigate in this whole church. Like newborn babes, you should long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may be nurtured and grow against what? What are you to grow against? Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of hateful speech. That's what you are to grow against. I got attacked for the first five years of my journey because I didn't want to hear people gossiping about anyone, whether they're wrong or right. Work that one out. Work that out. I got attacked and I ended up being the victim and I done nothing because I wasn't hearing people's different characteristics of their old nature. And people trying to fault find and blame and pick on, I didn't want to hear it. I said, if you've got nothing good to say, uh, please find yourself outside. And then the whole congregation turned against me. And it's the truth. They did. Because one person got a revelation of mercy that was held at the cross of Jesus. And I wanted to be the, be the true reflection that I'm not and I'm working on it. Because that's what Jesus stands for. And it's the truth. Like newborn babes, you should long for the pure milk of the word so that you may be nurtured and grow in respect to salvation, its ultimate fulfillment, if in fact you have already tasted the goodness and gracious kindness of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting when you understand this? That when you read the scriptures, when you read the scriptures, you are to grow against all these things. And what deals with it here? The mercy of God. It says, Come to him, the risen Lord, as to a living stone which men rejected and threw away, but which is choice and precious in the sight of God. You believers, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house for a holy and dedicated priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable, pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. So you begin to see here what deals with all those characteristics of the old nature. It's the mercy of God. What are you meant to taste that comes from the cross? Mercy took him there. He wants you to taste mercy. Because when you have mercy, you would not look at anyone like that anymore. And guess who comes and resides in you after that? The Holy Spirit. Where there is true power. There's true conviction and a true move of God flowing through you. Go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 to 33. Here you're going to see another 
amazing statement of what actually grieves the Holy Spirit. So if you want to grieve the Holy Spirit, you do this. I'm just joking. Look what grieves the Holy Spirit. Look how he starts his sermon or his message. Ephesians 4, 29-32 Do not let unwholesome, foul and profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion, so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you. Now look how he starts. He starts with one major thing. You know, you know how I read that? A person who's lacking the mercy of God. Because someone who continuously operates like this truly lacks mercy. So that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please Him. So how do you seek to please Him? Let's say all your life you have been doing this. Stop. Tell the people around you, I don't want to do this anymore. If they don't listen, you move them away from you. Bad company, corrupts, good. Character, your character. What is God interested with? The character of your heart. So welcome to the journey of Christ, where you won't find too many friends. <laughs> Amen. Who said brothers? Amen. Nice one, bro. Thank you. <laughs> and, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please Him, by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own, for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. Now look at this here. Let all bitterness. Isn't that interesting that bitterness is the doorway to them all? What does bitterness tell you? I'm not happy with my life. So when you're not happy with your life, there you start tearing everyone else's life down. I'm speaking an easy language so you can understand. That's the real issue why there's so much turmoil inside is because bitterness. And that's destitute of mercy. Because mercy tells you, I have joy now, I've been redeemed now by his blood. Let all bitterness, wrath and anger and clamor, perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault-finding and slander be put away from you along with every kind of malice. All spitefulness, verbal abuse, malevolence, be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily, just as Christ in God forgave you. So you begin to see here that mercy, mercy is the doorway that repairs your whole old nature. And it shows you what allows the Holy Spirit to be distant from you. Yet not everyone hears the Holy Spirit. And that's the truth. You can read the scripture, but not many people have a relationship with the Holy Spirit as they should. It's because they're feeding like a brook, they got a brook into their old nature and they keep on feeding it that keeps the Holy Spirit out of your life. And it is the truth. 
Jesus said, my sheep, don't read my word. He said, my sheep, they hear my voice. But which voice are you hearing when you're feeding the rest of those things? It's not Christ, that's for sure. And if the enemy can keep you in this phase, if the enemy can keep you in this phase, which I really see as this being the key to them all, I'm not happy with my life. They haven't understood that Jesus gave them another life. That is it. Jesus gave us another chance, another life, a second chance. We go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 16. Now look what it here says. Colossians 3, verse 12 to 16. It says, therefore, as the elect, what does he mean by the elect? Anyone here? When he's speaking to the elect, he means those that are chosen. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Isn't that interesting how he connects with the other scripture? In the mercy of God, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice and holiness. He speaks about it here again. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. What is the doorway to them all? God's tender mercy. Because then you can be kind because Jesus was kind to you then you can operate in humility because what Jesus has done for you, other people deserve it as well. You start to see you're not above anyone. Then you start, to, you start to be meek, meaning to be controlled only by the Lord. Then long-suffering, any challenges that come upon your way, any, any hard-doing, any wrong-doing from people, you're willing to give mercy because Christ waited for you all that time. It's just a ripple effect. Uh, next scripture, please. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another. Isn't it interesting that mercy is so eager and quickly to forgive because of what Christ done for you. Even as Christ forgave you, so you also you must do. But above all these things, put on love. So he begins with mercy. He ends with the true meaning of what mercy produces, love. Mercy is the doorway to God's love. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God, you see the ripple effect? Mercy, love, then you walk in God's eternal peace. I want you to see this because it's very simple, but it's the truth. And let the God of peace rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts. So where does it begin? He begins with mercy. Mercy stems into love. Love turns into peace. 
you walk in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see the pattern? So what really deals with your old nature? The mercy that is birthed and stems at the cross. I want to change. You need to understand what he truly done for you at the cross. That it's for others as well. And that crushes hypocrisy. Isn't it interesting that the Pharisees, they were called hypocrites. But you know what they kept on saying? And the, on, on, on um, Palm Sunday, they said, look, everyone's following him. They're going to leave our temple and follow him. You see what, tr- what, what hypocrisy produces? Envy and jealousy. Can you see that? Hypocrisy produces envy and jealousy, and that's because it lacks true mercy. Okay, next scripture, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 17. Look, why so many people are troubled in their own soul, this is the doorway. The merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. What's the opposite of mercy? Being cruel. And you start to see in your personal life, when you don't get your way, when things don't go your way, what do you do? You, 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 you break people down with your words because you haven't understood how to walk in the mercy of God. Now, does anyone want to get... Um, Anyone want to receive healing here? People go to, what do they call them? Those um, people to go get advice and open up their hearts. What are they called? Huh? Psychologists. I'm psychologist here. (laughs) (laughs) You want psychologists? Read the scripture here. It's the truth. This here, this one, this one will give you free medicine. <laughs> it's true. The one whose trouble lacks the mercy of God. And it is the truth in a nutshell. It is the truth. And isn't it interesting that when you're struggling to forgive when I was worshipping here, the Holy Spirit said there are people here that struggle to forgive their parents. Isn't that interesting that when you receive the mercy of God, you see through the eyes of or the lens of Christ, then forgiveness can easily come. So for the people here that struggle to release their parents from what they've done, I already saw your faces. Uh, Jesus wants to heal you. Today. <laughs> Someone called me, they said, we need a psychologist um, to assess this man. I said, I'm a psychologist. <laughs> I have the Bible, the free, the free medicine. In the book of Proverbs, he said, his word is like medicine. It is. It goes deep to any place that no one can go. I thought I'd just make his laugh a bit. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 to 4. I just wanted to show you how important, how important, 
how important your new nature is in regards to receiving mercy. You see, it's too hard to receive what I just said. Proverbs chapter 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Isn't that interesting? That mercy is the gatekeeper to truth. That if you read the word of God through the lens of mercy, you win favor in the sight of God and man. Because all you want to do is see the best in someone and build them up. James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. Now he's talking about two wisdoms here. Two wisdoms. One that's demonic, that is very common to mankind, and one that is rare, that belongs to God. And you only see this wisdom when you're in a situation to judge, to look down, and to do all the things that Satan represents. You only see it when you're in challenges. You won't see it when everyone's treating you good. You'll see it when you're opposed to do the same. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambitions, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Isn't that interesting? That mercy deals with all of them. Now, let's read this scripture. James chapter 2 verse 13. I just want to show you what deals with all of them in a nutshell. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You start to see what mercy produces. It triumphs over judgment because it looks through the eyes and lens of Christ. You don't operate in it anymore because in the book of Proverbs it says the wisdom of God is to overlook an offense. How do you overlook an offense when someone does something bad or wrong to you? The mercy of God. You're able to let it go for the sake of Christ. We'll quickly go to Matthew 5, 7. There is a blessing for you when you operate in mercy. Not everyone operates in mercy, but there is a true blessing for those who operate in the mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Where does mercy belong to? Luke chapter 6, verse 36. Therefore, read it. It comes from our Father in heaven. When we show mercy, we truly represent our Father. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. Who's looking for comfort? 
Who's, look, who's looking to be comforted by the Lord every day? And it's that comfort that you can give to others. When I received comfort from the Lord, then I was able to impart it to others. Imagine not receiving comfort by Him and trying to give it to others. Look what it says here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of. So what does mercy produce? The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. What does mercy do? It comforts you because you know that you're loved. You know that you deserve what you've done in the past, but he's erased it by his blood. You start, to, you start to see him so much more powerful, so much more loving, and so much more caring. And then, look what happens. Who comforts us in all our trouble in tribulation, that we may able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which ourselves are comforted by God. What is that comfort? The mercy of God. So someone says, change me. Lord, deal with my old nature. It's the mercy of God that changes you. And the Holy Spirit took me back to the roots, the cross, where everything is restored and everything is erased. We close up with Micah chapter 6, verse 8. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Look here. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to treat everyone with justice, equally, to love, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Isn't that amazing to know what promotes me into the true person that Christ wants me to be? I need to understand and walk in his mercy, which is a gift. The cross is a gift, therefore mercy is a gift. You have to ask him for that. So when I asked the Lord to give me this gift, the whole world turned against me. And it was the truth. God wanted to see the level of mercy that I can hold on to. And it's for the filthiest of sinners because that's what Jesus done for me. And he changed my life when I understood this mercy. I was able to tolerate all the persecution. Why? Because I kept shunning it away by God's mercy. Nothing was able to stick to my flesh. How can they do that to me? Why are they doing that to me? Why am I being treated like that? No. I knew the main principle that's going to keep me going and keep me getting promoted by God, and that's to understand what is done at the cross, where mercy is instilled in us. It's very important you know this. If you don't have mercy, you hold a grudge. If you don't have mercy, you will remain bitter. If you don't have mercy, you will continue to gossip. It's true. If you don't have mercy, you will look at everyone through the eyes of envy. And someone will say, what is the true, the true reason what's stopping me from being changed is that I'm lacking the mercy that flows from the cross. And it's not a one, it's not, it's, not, it's not just an instance given to you. The more you love, the more you show mercy where people deserve wrath, 
the more you let grudges go where people don't deserve um, to be looked at that way, God keeps on pouring like a brook into you. Mercy, more mercy, more love, more grace, more power. And it just, you just keep on walking in it. But that is the key for your new nature to be formed. One major component before anything is to understand his mercy. How many people are lacking mercy? You start to you don't have to put your hands up. <laughs> All of us. That's the answer. But you start to see the true benefit of what mercy produces. What does it produce? Romans chapter twelve promotes you into your gifting. Isn't that exciting? Lord, I want to be promoted to operate in your gifting. Read it. From Romans 12, he deals with your character, then he moves into gifting. Why would he move into your gifting? Because your character will protect it. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Should we pray after this? I saw a girl here. Her parents have done her wrong and she's holding things in her heart regarding them. And she doesn't know how to let go. But I invite you to come so you can be free. There's probably more than one. But I saw when I was worshipping. Jesus wants to take that pain away. Thank you, Lord. Don't be afraid to come. You can come and stand here. There's maybe more than one. Everyone open their hands. We're going to pray a true prayer. Not too many words, but a true prayer. And we're going to pray for God's divine mercy that still overflows from the throne of grace to enter our hearts. Amen? We're in agreement? It's what God loves. We thank you, Father. We worship you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, this is not another sentence. It's not another prayer. This is from our heart to yours. And may you bless this prayer with your truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, for your divine mercy that transforms our old nature into the new to be divinely given to us. I pray for forgiveness on behalf of the whole church that if we have walked in the old nature where there is bitterness, malice, hypocrisy, I pray that you forgive us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, by your blood we are forgiven. I pray for your mercy that triumphs over all judgment 
to be instilled in our spirit. We receive it by faith because all your promises are yes and amen. And I declare this principle that took you to the cross to be instilled in our new nature. We receive it by faith and we thank you, Lord, for your mercy that completes us. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you for your kindness, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your unconditional love upon each one of us today. For the people here that are hurting from their parents, begin to cry in your hearts to the Lord to restore you and to forgive you and to remove all those traumatizing events in your life that seem never to leave you. Now begin to speak with Him. Begin to thank Him for forgiving you. Begin to thank Him for removing those burdens from you. Begin to thank Him for removing those weights from you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I also like to pray for our traditional people. They seem to have a hard shell upon their body because they think it's normal for their parents to treat them like that. They've been brought up with a hard shell. If you'd like to come up, we can pray. But I saw a lot of our traditional people with a hard shell upon them. It's like it's common for them to be brought up like this. It's not. Because then you yourself become hard. That truly doesn't reflect the image of Christ. So if that's you, you can stay there. You don't have to come. But put your hand on yourself and allow the Lord to heal you from this. Thank you, Jesus. If there is someone here blaming themselves for the life they put themselves through and they hate themselves, I'd like to pray for you also. And you've tried to enter into many addictions to numb that pain, I'd like to pray for you. Please come. You can come. wants to restore it don't be afraid I'm not calling you it's not me I leave it to you thank you Jesus when you receive the mercy of Christ open your hands everyone here if we can have just some people standing behind them, girls behind the girls. 
when you have mercy of Christ, you look through another lens, not through pain, not through trauma, not through hurt, not through neglection or rejection. You look through the eyes of Christ. So the real issue is I want God's mercy in Jesus to restore me. Lift your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you're restoring them today, Lord. Lord, the, the sponges of the heart that has taken so much poison, I pray today that you remove the heart of stone and put your spirit into them. Thank you, Lord. You know their pain and their trauma, Lord, but today, by the blood of Jesus, it's settled. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Have mercy on them. Thank you. And let mercy shape the way they do life from now. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Restore them now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, here. Thank you, Jesus. I want you in your hearts to tell the Lord, give me your eyes so I can see like you. Ask him. He'll give it. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.